0: The Power Moms Network. Empowering moms to lift the world. Happy 4th of July. Thanks for joining me today for episode number 82 of Podcasting Your Brand. I'm your host, producer Jemmy, providing learning lessons for you to podcast your brand. And today, I'm going to be revisiting a Podcasting 102 topic from season one, sales. Less talking, more listening. (laughs) And this episode is brought to you by my own brand, Flintstone Media. Listen in, and let's do this first, starting with one of my daily tips. Hey, it's producer, Jemmy. And let's keep talking about ways to improve your sound with our quick tip today. And this is gonna be on controlling your environment. There are two main considerations for you, okay? How big your environment is and the kind of surfaces that are around you. Why? Because sound is a sound wave. That's actually my sound wave, <laughs> a painting of my voice talking up there. So that's how a sound wave works, and it hits off of other, other surfaces. So you want to minimize how much is going to bounce back at you and, and all that kind of stuff. So you want to think of your space to be, number one, smaller. Okay, Think smaller, small, small. If you can be in a smaller space and there's less space for the sound to travel, less likelihood it's going to be further away when it bounces back and have that echo effect. Second thing is softer surfaces because they absorb sound. So they easiest solution in terms of controlling your sound is to podcast true story from your closet. Come back for more quick tips every day at podcastingyourbrand.com. So be sure that you're subscribed to me all over social media so you get all my daily tips and you get them First, and your choices include YouTube, Clapper, Instagram, TikTok, so many different places. And you can find me as either Flintstone Media or as producer Jemmy, spelled J A I M E. So I look forward to connecting with you on social media. And also, you can connect with me live for a workshop. I help people launch their shows live. I also can help you level up your show. So if you want to take a show that is flopping and you want to fix it, go to toppodcastworkshop.com and you can work live with me in a workshop and it's a lot of fun. So I look forward to connecting with you on social media. I look forward to connecting with you in a workshop, just all the things. So Okay, let's get to today's lesson where I share my number one key to sales. So take this one to the bank and securing your sponsorships. So as you heard me say at the top, the key to sales is doing more listening and less talking. It's really about figuring out how to solve a potential client's pain point. So what is a pain point? Well, at its simplest measure, a pain point is a problem waiting for a solution. More specifically, It's your potential client's problem waiting for your solution. (laughs) You'll discover it by making sure that you listen to that potential client first, because if you do so, they will reveal all that you need to hear in order to close that sale. But if you don't pause to listen first, you can end up going into a pitch all hot, like totally on fire, only to realize you've completely missed the mark. don't want to do that. (laughs) So let's make up a test case study to illustrate this. We'll say there's a company, we'll call it Acme Widget Company. If you went to business school, you're very familiar with Acme Widget Company. As far as I know, it's not a real company. And widgets aren't a real thing that you can manufacture. They exist as a thing in the digital world, but in manufacturing, it's fake. Again, as far as I know. (laughs) It's just like this nondescript product term. So Acme Widget Company was often the company in my business classes that was used in all the different case studies and examples. So until I get more creative, guess what? You're stuck with it. (laughs) Acme Widget Company it is. So Acme Widget Company, they are a growing company looking to refresh their website. That's all you know. So, Jason is a web developer trying to build a business on web development and design. And he does a ton of research when he lands this meeting with Acme Widget Company. He creates an entire presentation. And when he goes in to meet with them, he goes in hot, just like the micromachines guy. Do you remember him? Well, if you don't know what I'm referencing from my childhood, allow me to remind you. This is the Micro Machine Man, presenting the most miniature modicade of Micro Machines. Each one has dramatic details, terrific trim, precision paint jobs, plus incredible Micro Machine pocket playsets sets. There's a police station, fire station, restaurant, service station, and more. Perfect pocket portables to take any place. And there are many miniature playsets to play with, and each one comes with its own special edition Micro Machine vehicle and fun, fantastic features that miraculously move. Raise the bolt lift, Um, the Marina, What? <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong, this was a massively successful campaign. And Motormouth John Machida, who was the face and mouth of that Micro Machines campaign, absolutely nailed it. He was a force, he's super talented. But you are not trying to fast pitch toy joy to a 7-year-old. No, you are that 7-year-old now having to turn around and pitch their desire for those micro machines to the people holding the purse strings, the parents. <laughs> Yikes, <God suits. laughs> So that will be you. You will be the kid convincing a company to loosen its purse strings. And this is the approach Our fake friend, Jason, took after all his research on Acme. He went into that meeting hot. He went into that meeting excited. Acme has never seen such enthusiasm. But how many words did you actually pick up from Mr. Micromachine's motor mouth? (laughs) unless you're 7, probably practically none. And the business that you're pitching to doesn't want you to treat them like a 7-year-old you're fast talking. Even if you don't intend to come off just like a slick oil salesman, you run that risk when talking to decision makers like that. Alternatively, <laughs> let's now take Jacinda. So, Jacinda does some preliminary research on Acme just the same. She learns who the people are that will be involved in the meeting. She learns a bit more about the company's history. She does her own little assessment of the company's current website, so she has an opinion on that. But rather than giving a lengthy, motormouth pitch about the website design that she's already come up with for them, because she hasn't actually wasted her time drafting up a design yet, Jacinda instead, at that meeting, does a quick overview of herself and her company's services and capabilities, super quick, super short. Then she asked them a very simple yet extremely important question. What are you hoping to accomplish with your new website? Then she sat back and listened. See, Jason went in with all his bells and whistles and really nailed his presentation. But though he came up with a beautiful new web design to propose to Acme, it just didn't meet their needs he didn't take time to discover first their pain points so that he could then address them. Whereas Jacinda went into her meeting and opened up by telling them a little bit about her company and services and showing a few samples of her work. But then she asked them what they are looking to achieve and accomplish with that new website. And that is where the magic happened. That was the difference. Jacinda spent the next 10 minutes listening to the Acme team describe how they are trying to break into the Portland, Oregon market, but aren't sure the best approach to take. Creating a new website with some copy that relates to that mission was all that they had come up with yet. Now, knowing that because she took time to first listen, Jacinda begins her proposal presentation with no pre-prepared design concept, but rather by talking about all the ideas she can bring to the table to help them accomplish these goals, now that she is now aware of these goals. She had no pre-designed concept to show them because she decided she would first listen and discover their needs and pain points. She could better rise to the challenge. Throughout her presentation, Jacinda continuously referenced their needs, And then paired it with her solutions for those needs because she knew now what those needs were. In fact, because she had listened first, she was able to bring in some past experience she hadn't anticipated before she walked in the door. See, what you don't know about Jacinda (laughs) is that in her former career, she worked often with small business associations and learned how to navigate them. Though she's never worked with the Portland SBA, she was still able to offer Acme the idea of reaching out to them and some pointers on how to start exploratory conversations that can really help Acme partner with great small businesses in Portland. I'll give you one guess who landed the sale. Bottom line, listening closes sales, not talking. So I'll also offer an example from my own business to further illustrate not only this point, but its true value beyond just closing more sales. I am a complete nerd at heart. nerd 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 and so when i first got into podcasting i totally geeked out over all the tech i wanted to learn to edit to produce to create music beds and to learn how the rss feed works i wanted to learn live broadcasting and figure out all the tools i wanted to know all the things i was nerding out i was so excited <laughs> so naturally I assumed in the beginning of first branching out to help other people become podcasters that they were going to be excited about all that stuff and wanted to learn all that themselves too. I thought what they wanted help from me with was just helping them avoid big mistakes by advising them on the basics like equipment and how to set up their hosting account and also coaching them on how to be a good podcaster, have those long-form interviews sound more like relaxed conversations, finding guests, etc. And boy, was I wrong. And I didn't discover how wrong I was until I stopped walking into the room or the call or whatever meeting to sell my services, assuming that I knew exactly what they wanted and needed. Yes, all of the above was part of what potential clients were looking for. But it wasn't until I started listening that I uncovered the truth. The lot of the podcasters starting in the more recent times, the last two to three years, they really just want to focus on the content they not only couldn't care less about the tech, but the tech scares the crap out of them, okay? Now, I'm speaking very generally, of course. My clients really do run the range, and some of them really do want to learn all of that stuff. But where I have truly found my sweet spot are those clients for whom I figured out their main pain point was that they just didn't want to do anything but focus on the content, They want to be crockpot podcasters, as I very affectionately call them. They want to set it and forget it. They want something super turnkey and to pay someone to worry and handle all the rest. And furthermore, many of them want me to really step up in a consultative way, even essentially deciding on their format and helping them evolve their show over time. I also made the mistake of assuming everyone would be as budget-weary as I was projecting my own startup brokenness onto them, but I realized that so often their pain point wasn't related to my price point in the slightest. Their pain point was related to their time, which largely, as business owners and brand developers themselves, they don't have a lot of to focus on the production of a podcast. Once I realized that they were pretty much willing to pay whatever it takes to get all of those problems to go away, I was able to start speaking their language, to meet them more appropriately where they were, and to raise my fees as a result. They just wanted their content out there without having to sacrifice what little or non-existent extra time they had, period. And in fact, because our friend Jacinda from earlier really took the time to understand Acme Widget Company's needs and how much they're willing to invest in getting to that goal, she was not only able to close the sale with them, but even seeing that her proposal to them would require a higher price point than what Jason had offered, Acme chose her anyway. They paid her more because one... They were confident she wants to understand their needs. Two, she's proven competent enough to meet those needs. And three, she afforded herself the opportunity to tell them even more of a reason why she is a sound investment because of the experience she brings to the table having navigated SBAs in the past. And she wouldn't have even had a clue to bring that up if she hadn't listened first. See my points? All of them. You have to listen to truly know your potential clients' pain points to not only be more likely to close the sale, but to also see if you can wrap more into the service offering like adjunct services, consulting, or just additional knowledge about a particular space like Jacinda knowing SBAs and justify a higher price point. You will also learn over time to be able to read between the lines of potential clients who are either A being coy about their pain points, which I still don't understand, but I run into this every once in a while. Like clients just, they don't want to tell you stuff. I don't know why, but they're coy. So you have to kind of like really read between the lines. Or sometimes they're just not sure of what their pain points are or how to express them. So you really will learn over time how to read between those lines and figure that out. Your brand also will and should evolve over time as the pain points of your clients and their industries evolve. As your portfolio grows, you'll reach milestones where you're able to justify charging more. You'll learn which kinds of clients you can connect best with and be able to land more of those sales. And all of that I'll cover more in depth in a later episode about pricing yourself. Yes, again, another promise of a later episode, but that just means so much more to come. But Over time, you'll figure out also which pain points you're not only best at solving, but you'll get better at knowing how to respond to and address each one for your clients. But that happens over time by doing a lot of listening first. Yes, sales, sales, sales. It is all about less talking, more listening. So as I get ready to wrap this thing up by shutting up myself, (laughs) be sure that you're connecting with me on social media so you get all of my tips. We're about to hear another one. I want you to get them first, though. Connect with me on Instagram, connect with me on Clapper, YouTube, wherever. You can find me as either Flintstone Media or as Producer Jemmy, J-A-I-M-E, or email me if you want me to talk about something specific in a future episode, or if you want me to share a particular tip on something, or if you want to let me know that this show was helpful helping your show grow and I'll actually put your show's art on podcastingyourbrand.com free exposure and advertising for your show yay so email me j-a-i-m-e at com. I would love to hear from you all right it's producer jemmy signing off for now remember the only thing more powerful than your voice is your spirit to use it so turn that mic on Hey, it is producer jemmy I just finished recording episode seventy-two, so I'm here with your daily tip. And yesterday, I talked about how if you have a, sh- a show that you do both as a video offering as an audio-only offering as well, then your audio-only version should be a little edit a little bit more than your video version. And if you don't know why, then yesterday's last tip will help you. Last tip from Friday. But today, I want to help you cut down on the editing time. So there are a couple ways that you can do it. First. Edit the video version first and then export that audio as the starting point for editing your audio version of your show, the audio only version. The second thing that you can do is while you're editing the video version of your show, check out the timestamps, take note of the timestamps for if you do a couple of takes, for example, for your intro or your clothes, and you just, you know, which, t- which take was the good one, note the timestamps for that good take, and then follow those timestamps for the audio version. You can make those edits a little bit faster. So I hope that helps you Podcastingyourbrand.com every day. I'm producer Jemmy. Stone Media has been building brands through the power of podcasting since 2014, serving as an award-winning and highly resourceful podcast production house and consultancy firm. Work with producer Jemmy, a leader in the podcast industry, and add a new podcast to your brand's content offerings. From show development and setup through recording and distribution, producer Jemmy and her team will lend their experience launching dozens of successful podcasts and producing thousands of episodes, making creating your show a simple and easy turnkey process for you. Visit FlintstoneMedia.com for podcast samples. That's FlintstoneMedia.com.